Before we jump into today's conversation, let's take a moment to acknowledge our amazing sponsor, the Academy of Therapy Wisdom. Oh my gosh, we love this platform. They're the place I go now for all my CEUs. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Please join us for our next live online workshop, Integrating Mind and Heart, April 3rd through 6th of 2024. This is an experiential, active workshop designed to engage you in brain states that promote relational learning. If you want to get closer, say the things that usually go unspoken and trust each other and yourself to get through the hard moments. This is the workshop for you. Go to whydoesmypartner.com to learn more and register. Welcome to the Why Doesn't My Partner podcast. I'm Jules. I'm Vicki. And I'm Rebecca. We're your hosts. We're also couples therapists and messy humans bumbling through our own relationships every day. We met through our training and practice of relational life therapy. Between us, we have more than 40 years of experience holding hard relational questions with our clients. We're going to bring those questions here. And together, we're going to take a stab at answering those questions. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy. If something you hear in this episode stirs something deep within you about your relationship, reach out to a couples therapist in your area. We also love to hear your questions. So don't forget to go over to whydoesmypartner.com and leave us a question of your own. Here's today's question. Why does my partner think she needs to fix me? Can I jump in with the shout out to the ladies? Mm, please. I hear this question from guys a lot and I want to validate them for a minute. Yeah. They are right. We are trying to fix them. And it, a lot of the times in ways that's not cool. In ways that are emotionally manipulative that show them they're not doing it right, but won't give them help about how we want it different. That show that tell, I mean, I'm, I'm actually kicking myself. Like I'm going back to early years in my marriage and how emotionally manipulative I was before I did enough of my own work because I was schooled as a female to manipulate the crap out of you to get what I want. Right. So we're trying, rather than being direct. Yeah. We're trying to make these guys be relational without being relational with them. Exactly. And so men do not trust women to be straightforward with them a lot. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They're Something. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We talk around stuff. We try to manage what they're going to feel before we have this conversation. We, we try to get them, them to tell us what they're feeling. Oh when my they- God. so yeah it may be that your partner is trying to fix you and by the way we don't actually know if your partner is a woman but i'm just gonna give a shout out to the ladies just in case that is the case in this instance because it is totally possible that your woman is acting like women are taught to do which is do not speak directly for your truth um, but to um, sh- show up in ways that I'm going to get you to do it anyway. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to so get you to do it anyway. I'm gonna get basically, you. men feel handled by us and they're not totally wrong. Right. And they don't trust us for it. 
And they're not totally wrong to not trust us to be direct. And we're trying to change all that with podcasts like this one. Direct request, direct request, direct request. So if you're you're a female or or whatever, you don't have to be a woman. But if your partner says something like this to you, you turn and check yourself. Have you been trying to covertly handle them? Have you been trying to show them sideways that they're getting it wrong? Have they, have you been kind of constantly at them about changing this thing? And then they change it and then now change the next thing. And then the next thing, and then the next thing. Having said all that. There's also a piece of this Mm -hmm. that can be a stress or a trauma response. Oh, totally. I mean, fixing. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the other thought I had before we jumped to the, to the fixing as a trauma response, which totally is, um, is sometimes they, I was thinking, I was thinking what you said, Vicki, when we were, when we were chatting earlier about, well, maybe she wants you to be more relational (laughs) and there's maybe something to fix there. Okay. So that's totally possible. And maybe she's doing it in a way that's not working. Mm -hmm. Well, and again, right before we get to the trauma, the, um, you know, Terry talks about being controlling. Yeah. Mm. And you just, everything as a losing strategy as a losing strategy. Yes. Thank you. Um, and Jules, I like the way you just described all those different ways. Those are Mm -hmm. controlling behaviors. Mm -hmm. And I always am probably too quick to emphasize with my clients that I work with that controlling doesn't I hear controlling and I think abusive, blatant mm. abuse. Mm. Um, and so I'm always very careful. Yeah, most with of the my time, clients. that's not what we're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. And that's what I'm trying to point out to people of like controlling is something like you shouldn't have sent the text that way. Why didn't you say this on the phone? Why don't you act like this when people, when you're around your friends? Why Those, do you have that tone? Yes. Oh my gosh. And if I heard that many why questions, over the course of a week, much less the course of a day, guys, I would be like this. Oh my God. Why are you even with me? Apparently I'm all wrong for you. (laughs) So when guys are driven crazy by this, I just don't blame them. But the other piece, and I think Becky, you're totally right. We have a trauma response possibility here. Mm -hmm. So when, can we break down like all the different, I think we need to, I think we need to break down these bubbles because I don't think enough of us understand them or know them. Mm-hmm. And, and know how to turn around and look at when is this happening for me and what might it mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So, okay. So your brain is constantly asking. So four times a second, it's guessing, am I in safe or am I in danger? And it does that by comparing the world as it is right around you to everything that you've ever known, plus how your guts and hearts are doing right now. Right. So Jules, can it's, you pause there? Four times a second, five in some studies. Anyway, (laughs) so four. the point is it's very fast. It's very fast. Well, it's very fast and you're not going to get ahead of it. So you just got to know. You're never going to get ahead of it. If you go into a danger response, you are not going to control that. You can only respond Mm -hmm. to it. Right now you can change how you perceive reality by going in and doing some trauma work so that you don't view reality through that trauma lens all the Mm -hmm. time. That's a possibility. And that will change things. 
And you're still always doing this. This is how your brain keeps you safe. You're supposed to jump away from the snake people. So, you know, they show up fast. We got to, this is a fast process. So, so it is totally possible for me to have a range of responses though. So once my brain goes danger, it also goes what level of danger? Wow. Right. So is it like super life threat or Mm. kind of socially awkward? (laughs) <laughs> and it could be anywhere in there. Okay. So we have, well, I'm going to go from the socially awkward version all the way through down to the life. Side. So we have these responses that are really common for these different levels. So if it's just like social threat, a psychological threat, fixing the other person, a fix it protective system is really, really common. That's going to mm-hmm. be your go-to. So if you have a history of um, not a lot of um, physical pain or danger, but a lot of emotional pain, you may be in the fix it category. You may have it like an automatic when you're in threat, your job is to manage the other guy so Mm. that they're less threatening. Mm. So fixing. So you have that one and that's more of a social one. And then you drop down into fight. So that could be verbal fighting, or it could be physical fighting. Basically, I'm guessing I am in danger and I need to get you need to, to back off. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I will control your body if necessary to get myself safe. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like a knowing that I'm in danger, but also believing that there's something I can do to change the situation. Okay. Then we move into flight. So that's a little bit further on the danger scale. Now I know that I'm in danger and I know I'm not going to be able to affect the situation. So I'm out of here. And it could be an actual run or it could be a flight, like away. A mental one. A, sh- a yeah, mental yeah, yeah. flight. Mm-hmm. I could, could be, be standing right here in front of you and disengaged. I could do a flight that's just like, nope, I'm done with this conversation. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> right. Um, then you okay so you could move into a space where you actually know you're in physical danger you know that fight and flight will not work and you know that it's probably at the more invasion level um physical danger it could go all the way to death possibility but not all the way um that would be more what we're calling a fawn response so the nervous system is very, very, very active and there's a little bit of break happening simultaneously. So it tends to come, um, women tend to do this one a lot. Children tend to do this one a lot. They're in vulner- more vulnerable bodies and they'll be very accommodating and try to get you to back off or leave them alone by moving into basically a placating or accommodating stance. And sometimes it works and you don't get hurt and you don't get violated. That's why we do it. Yeah. It works sometimes, not all the time, but it works sometimes. And so of course, and guys, this is automatic. If you're one who goes into a fun response, just know, oh, beautiful body. You were protecting me the best way you knew how, given what was happening. Thank you. Okay. And then there's even bigger. Okay. I know impact is coming. 
we've got the high brace response. So in this one, I go into a brace oh, with all my muscles and I know that invasion is it's coming. I'm going to get hit by something. Right. Um, and uh, probably at this point, I'm also reserving a little bit of my resources or pulling my resources into the middle of my body. And then we have the big one. This is the one where you have assessed it is hopeless, helpless situation. And you're going to send analgesics out through your body. It's going to create a lot of numbness. People will often call it a freeze or a collapse. Collapse feels a little bit more right on to me as far as what people experience. Think of it as uh, intensely heavy in the body, numb, um, like almost like I'm a heavy marshmallow sort of feeling. Mm -hmm. And they tend to have a lower heart rate and lower breath rate. And they tend to have cold feet and cold hands when they're in this space. So basically what's happening is the, when you're in that level of threat, your body already knows that you might lose a limb. And so it closes down the capillaries on the outsides of your body so that if you did, you wouldn't bleed out. So this is a, uh, our this bodies is are brilliant. I just want to throw amazing? that in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amazing. Right. So all of these different levels have a different autonomic response. And for those of us who have a past that maybe has some stickiness in it, it would not be weird for you to have a go-to response. And can I just drop in here that some of that sticky past, mm -hmm. it's, it's not like a great big bad thing or many bad things happened. It, it could be simply, mm -hmm. I grew up in a home where I didn't really know that I could trust that my needs would be tended to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even just the emotional ones. It doesn't have mm -hmm. to even be physical needs necessarily. Yeah. So we we're built to get that we're in danger and to move into defensive responses to help ourselves survive. And there's nothing wrong or worse or bad or with any of mm -hmm. these. The further on you on the further out you go on the spectrum, for sure, the more work it takes to move through that one because it just takes a while for the nervous system to come back. So it makes it a longer process and a process that needs gentleness if you can do it. And, um, and it's hard, but it's totally possible. So, yeah. If, so if we're noticing that we're yeah. in any of these places or that mm -hmm. our partner is, mm -hmm. I just want to put a shout out there for one of the things that one of the interventions we can meet ourselves with or we mm -hmm. can meet our partners with is a great deal of compassion. That's right. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to change it. It's more like, I see you. Mm -hmm. Wow. It makes sense that you're doing this right now. And that leads me to my U-turn for our caller. So I'm really curious. And it may be that it's not threat that's happening between you and mm -hmm. your partner but maybe somebody else that is, is if your partner is going into a threat response, we read in that quarter of a second, we read whether your face is in a stress response and I'll join you. So what if my partner goes into a fix and I go into a flight? What if my partner mm -hmm. goes into a fight and I go into a fawn? Because we have our own little adaptations, right? And so my U-turn for you is, huh? totally hear you. Your partner's wanting to fix you all the time. I hear it doesn't, I guess I'm guessing, cause you didn't say this, but I'm guessing it doesn't feel good. 
But I'm also wondering, are you going into a response that's maybe a little bit more on the shutdown end, or are you talking to her about it? Mm. If you are going into a response that's on the shutdown end, like, forget this, I can't deal with this anymore, Mm. or why would I even say anything? It's already so bad. Or fighting. Or why, why do you bring this up all the time? Why do you try to mm-hmm. change totally. me? Mm-hmm. Just know, oh, on my side of the line, I might be in a defensive response as well. And so can you use your compassion to help you get back to a centered space and bring it up and have a meta conversation? Do you know how long it's been since we've talked about meta conversations? <laughs> oh my ladies? gosh. I'm thinking back to season one. It's really been a while. It's been a while. Well, I think we need a reminder. Mm-hmm. What is a meta conversation? A meta conversation is a conversation in which you're having this conversation around what it is that you need or want. Mm -hmm. And you're having it at a time where like you're striking when the iron is cold. You're not having it in the heat of the moment. Mm -hmm. You're having this conversation at a time when like there's a calmness between you. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're even, hopefully you're even feeling really connected. Yeah, I love it when they go from the connected space and they're great for looking at larger patterns. Yeah. So it could be that I lead with vulnerability. So I haven't even told you this and I've been sitting on it for a while. It's totally my fault for not bringing it up. Mm. Man, it feels like you want me to be different or like you're trying to fix me Mm. all the time. And you may not be meaning to do that, but it really does feel bad. It's pissing me off or it's making me scared that I'm going to lose you or it's hurting my feelings, whatever it is, just say it. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you can also ask, like, if you want me to be, if you want something to be different, it would help for me, me, if you were more direct. And if the list was shorter, (laughs) you know, Um, does it have to be everything all at once? We're a problem-centered society, you know? We have to focus. It has to be better all the time. All the time. Yeah. Every day. I also want to remind people of the skill of the timeout. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because right, as Rebecca was saying, when the iron is hot is not the time for these conversations. And if either you are in, you can feel it your own danger place, or you can see it in your partner, take a time out yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. for the personal check-in and see what is going on with me. Where do I go? Mm-hmm. And in taking that time out, let's just also name to take it responsibly. Yes. Oh, so yes. Right. You. This is a go huge yeah. part of taking timeouts. Yes. And, and what different, what differentiates a timeout from just like flying and running away or withdrawing, yes. withdrawing, mm-hmm. which is going to create more, um, it's going to escalate the situation if we do it you, that way. You want somebody to chase you, withdraw, and don't tell them where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And yeah. and so right. the, the opposite of that is to say like, sweetie, something's going on inside of me and I need to go take care of me so that I can be more present for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm going to go take care of me and I'm going to check back in with you in 
however much time. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who has some high brace and freeze in my system, I don't have those kind of words, especially if I'm really triggered. So a hand mm-hmm. signal works best. And like my partner sign? and I just like a T sign. That's a great mm-hmm. one. Uh, you can ha- have something else if you don't like that one, but um, that's a great way to signal all of those words mm-hmm. in a moment you can't say them. But in order to use that kind of hand signal or any kind of signal like that in a, not in that moment moment, you have mm-hmm. to have a conversation like the one we're having oh, right yes. now yes. where you make an agreement that when we're there, yes. we'll use this. Yes. So it and has I'm, to be a meta conversation. I'm in between the two of you. I have literally said, I can't stay healthy right now. Time out. Mm-hmm. And then I mm-hmm. bolt. <laughs> Good. And, and I try to say it and ask for what I need. And my partner's not always able to give me that. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And Which so sometimes, normal. yeah, it, it's, it's totally normal, but when yeah. we're in that place, we're in that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so hard. It's so hard. Yeah. And, and then I think a lot of the work in those moments is to just really hold ourselves warmly, mm-hmm. hold ourselves, hold our partners, mm-hmm. like, like try mm-hmm. to remember that piece. Mm-hmm. And you know what? this thought just occurred to me about cherishing. Mm-hmm. So wait, um, you're talking about cherishing. I'm talking about cherishing. <laughs> it is true. I know it's crazy. So this thought just occurs to me like, Oh, wow. If we're in this, this space in our relationship where it feels like we're always addressing problems or always bringing mm-hmm. up something hard, we maybe don't have enough cherishing going on. Mm. And so I just think of it as like the necessary thing that may be missing here too, is we're not celebrating each other enough. We're not showing each other. You're cool. I like you. I like you. Which (laughs) Which brings me right back to this question. Why does my partner think she needs to fix me underneath it? What does she think is wrong with me? Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it may be that the meta conversation is more about how are we going to, um, put into our relationship more joy, more excitement, more appreciation. Um, I need more of that here. Tell each other what's working. Tell each mm-hmm. other what's working. Don't forget to tell each other what's working guys. Yeah. I think that's a great place to land. Mm-hmm. Spend more time having meta conversations about what's working. Oh, that's brilliant. I am taking that challenge and I'm taking it into my marriage today. Mm. I'm going to have more meta conversations about what's working. I love it. (laughs) Love it. Mm. All right, y'all take care. Care Carry each other the best you can. That wraps up this week's episode. Join us again next week for another. Why does my partner? We hope that you continue to listen wherever you get your audio and that you'll follow the show to go deeper. Join us at our bootcamp. You'll find the next date at whydoesmypartner.com. Did you know you could ask us your question? Your questions are relational gold. Go to whydoesmypartner.com to either write in or record your question for a future episode. We want to tell you more about our sponsor, Therapy Wisdom. Jules is one of their amazing educators, and you can also find teachers like Janina Fisher, Bessel van der Kolk, Deidre Fay, 
and Akilah Riley Richardson, plus a bunch of people you might not have heard of, but will definitely want to start following once you take their courses. And because you listen to us, the Therapy Wisdom team is offering a secret code to give you free access to one of my one-hour wise conversations. Use the code WDMP at checkout. If you're a licensed therapist, coach, healer, or someone who's invested in doing the deep work of personal healing and want to learn about topics like neurobiology, supporting trauma healing, incorporating intersectionality and somatic work, then this is the place for you. Discover some of the most heart-led and quality courses available in a community of people who are invested in spiritual growth, equity, inclusion, and developing expert-level clinical skill. Visit therapywisdom.com or click the link in the show notes and use the WDMP discount code. Thanks, Therapy Wisdom. We love you.